Hi, I'm Misha Chakrabarty. Welcome to Dream Awakening, a podcast where we have authentic conversations with people living with purpose. This podcast is also available in Spanish as Despertando Sueños con Misha Chakrabarty. Today, we're here with Sushmita Banda. Sushmita dreams of continuing the cycle of empathy. Sushmita believes that everybody has a story that deserves to be told. Her experience as a teacher and marketing and branding consultant help her guide organizations to understand their why and create processes to help them reach their goals. Sushmita grew up in India and since then has lived and worked in the U.S. and Argentina, spending over a year in each country. In 2018, she embarked on a four-month solo expedition throughout Europe before moving back to India, where she lives now. Over her travels and times living abroad, especially in Argentina, she has been touched by the kindness of those who have helped her for no other reason than it was the right thing to do. Now she feels moved to continue the cycle of empathy and to share that positive energy with the world. Sushmita has been off social media for over a year, which she has thoroughly enjoyed and feels it's helped her to find presence, nurture more authentic relationships, and let go of arbitrary expectations from society. Let's welcome Sushmita Banda. Hi, Sush. Welcome. How are, how are you today? Hi, Misha. I'm doing, I'm doing quite well. Uh, it's a Saturday and I'm very excited to not be working. Uh, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to have you. I'm happy that you're But I'm having... also excited to be on your podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to have you. Now, you're one of the pioneers and... I would have it no other way. We're starting off very, very strong with you. So thank you. Thank you for being here. I know it's really it's really late where you are. What what time is it over there? It is 8.15 the night. It's 8.15. Well, thank you. Thank you for staying up. Um, we're in different time zones. I mean, you know this. I don't know if everyone else knows that. I'm in Argentina. It's only about noon here. You're in India. It's 8.15 or 5.0. I, I forget. 1.5, right? 5.0. Five, okay, Five that's that's the thing about India. You have that that time zone that's like a half hour offset, right? No, I think like it's not. Yeah, like it's not that India has that kind of a time zone. It's just the world is split like that. Some places you have a distance, the the difference of exactly in hours. Sometimes it's an hour and thirty minutes. I think that's how it splits the time zones. The world is a complicated place, and here we are. Well, related to that, so you're in India now, I'm in Argentina, yes. um, I'm from the U.S., and the, the interesting thing is you have been to all of those places, and we actually, we actually lived together when you were in Argentina, and it was, it was a beautiful and special time, and um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I'm just going to jump right in, so, so get ready. Um, so one of the things that I um, think is you know, really exciting about your your journey through life at this point is you've lived and traveled so many different places. And okay, this is going to be a very, very open-ended okay. question, but um, how do you, what role do you feel like travel has played in your life? And how do you feel that it's, it's kind of shaped yeah. you into, you know, the, the creative, curious explorer that you are today? Oh, wow. That is, that's, uh, I can go to so many different places from there. Um, but it's a beautiful question because I feel like travel has played like a really, really important role in my life. Um, like I've always wanted to travel, uh, especially like live outside of India, but like I could never ask my parents to pay for an education. I just didn't, it wasn't going to be a thing. So I knew I needed to do it by myself. So eventually when I did, it was because I wanted, I, I knew, I always knew if I was meant for more than just mm -hmm. India, right? Like I knew I was meant to, to like travel the world. Because when I was younger, I lived in a lot of places. Like by the time I was five, I'd been in like five different schools. No, by the time I was 10, I was in five different schools. So I shifted a lot in India. Like, you know, India, right? And India's many different cultures in one country. So it feels like you are traveling in a, to a different place because you don't speak the language all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think like my parents always like also took us out and stuff like that. So I was traveling from when I was younger, but like, and I'd seen a lot of India by the time I left India, but like I knew I wanted to travel and I knew I wanted to like meet people of other cultures and I wanted to see how it was. And when I did, 
it was crazy because like the first place that I lived in the US, we had people from 15 different countries. And I was wow. like, jackpot. Because I like I had people from everywhere. And like I, I learned about like different foods, different alcohols, like what traditions are. It was beautiful. And then like moving to Argentina from there, I think it was like a grown up me traveling like to the US. It was the first time. But to Argentina, like, I, like, made friends from everywhere that were not within the organization. I don't know. I feel like, and this is such a cliched thing to say, but I do feel like I'm, like, a citizen of the world, even though I've come back to India now. But, like, what happens in Venezuela matters to me because my friend's parents live there. What happens in in Nigeria matters to me because, you know, like, I have friends from there. And I don't know. I feel like I have much, I have a much more... a global perspective on life not just because i'm required but because like people i care about uh live everywhere in the world so i feel like it's changed me a lot especially the last six years that i've been like outside and like i've been doing things it's really 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 um shaped me to be the person that i am today yeah no i i definitely can see you know I've, i think i've known you for I think three years already at this point. I can't, I can't believe it. Yeah, time, 2017, right? That's when we met. Time flies. Wow, three years. Time, time really does fly. Um, I think what you said about it changing you, I've, I've definitely kind of seen that with you over the years. And I think what, what you said about, you know, now that you've, you've met people from all these different places and you start to care about, about different places more, I really do feel that, you know, our relationships um, really... you know, make us see the world in a different way and, and they affect us and they change us. Um, and, you know, um, I think in the way that you go about the world, you really allow, allow your interactions to kind of open you up in a different way. Um, and I think that definitely happens in a different way when you travel, just because you see so many people in, in a short amount of time and from people who, who might be very different from you. Um, So do you, do you feel that, you know, recently, you, you said that kind of in the past few years or something, it's, it's really happened in a new way. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Mm. I think like the reason why it's, I was able to, it, it happened to the extent that it did because I lived outside of India and I wasn't just traveling, mm-hmm. right? Because like when you travel, there are so many things, right? Like, sure, you want to travel like a local, but like there are these places to see, these things to do, and it's kind of rushed. But like when you live somewhere, there's only so many, you know, like cool things there are to see and do, and you finish them in the first few months. But then after that, you really live a life there. You learn like the cultures of that place, the way that like a local would. And you pick up languages the way that a local would do. You don't just know how to say like, good morning and cheers. You actually like can hold a conversation, right? Um, and I feel like that also gives you like a big sense of, you know, like it, it, it lets you see yourself evolve as more than just, I'm more than just an Indian person right, right now, right? Like I'm an Indian person that can speak a bit mm-hmm. of Spanish and that's like, Um, can do things outside in the world because I have lived outside my own country. And I feel like that definitely has mm-hmm. changed the way I travel as well. Mm-hmm. You, you make an interesting point about saying that you're more than kind of just, just an Indian citizen now that you've traveled more. I think that a lot of the times, you know, when we grow up somewhere, we really identify with that place and we, we think that is who we are and it defines who we are. And then I think a lot of the times, you know, as we go through the world and we have different experiences, they force us to rise to the challenge in a new way. And we realize, oh, I thought yeah. that this was, you know, the whole, the whole sphere of possibility in my life. And actually, it's, it's so much more than that. Um, oh, and you, yeah. talk, you talked a lot about kind of like the day to day when you live abroad. And, you know, can you talk about how that really changes you? Because... You know, we've had a lot of, of challenges living abroad and, you, and I think yes. a lot of the times it's, you know, you, you're trying to pay an, an internet bill and you can't understand people and then you don't want to, you don't want to get, you know, deported or, know. or thrown out of your apartment. So tell me more about how that, how that has changed you. I think one of the biggest ways it's changed me has um, just 
I I can't believe how kind people can be. Because, you know, like, especially when you live in a country where you don't speak the language, at least initially, you're depending on people. And you're, like, people are being really kind to you. I remember, like, people, like, my, my friends making calls for me for doctor's appointments or, like, trying to, like, come with me to the bank to make sure that, like, I was signing up for the right kind of account. Mm-hmm. And especially in Argentina, because in the U.S., sure, like, I didn't uh, know all of these things, but, you know, like... I could figure it out faster because I spoke the language. But in Argentina, when like I needed people to help, that's like been one of the biggest things to realize how kind people can actually be. Mm-hmm. And you don't even like, we, there was nothing, there was no give and take in that, right? It's not like they were being kind to me because like I was giving them something back. They were just being kind to me because I couldn't speak their language. So, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why like my time in Argentina was had much more impact in, on me as the person that I am. Because now I'm like, yeah, but like, I should also help somebody. I, the reason why you learned Spanish the way that you did, one of the reasons was you were like, if I ever go back to the US and like I see somebody that can't speak English because so many people in, in the US speak Spanish, I want to be able to help them, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how it's affected you because you've been in that position of like getting that help and now you want to help somebody that could need that help, which I thought was such a beautiful reason for you to also be so fluent in spanish that you're now doing a podcast in spanish and you just stand up in spanish but um so i feel like that was like a huge thing for me to see that there is so much kindness in the world and this is something that i was i was speaking with my mom the other day like somebody is kind to you you don't have to give that kindness back to them you give it back to you give it to somebody else and then they will give it to somebody else and that's how like the world becomes a I don't know. It's a better place. And I've just had power cut, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, change my internet. It is so crazy, though, because it hasn't happened in the last week. It hasn't happened in the evenings. And, of course, it had to happen today. I don't know if you can still use this video, but, well. No, we can <laughs> totally still use it. <laughs> well, um... Sush, you were you were telling you said that there was going to be a blackout, and lo and behold, it happened. It happened. But you know, these are these are the adventures that we're living yeah. with today. Um, <laughs> if only you were I could predict my future with this much accuracy. That would be amazing. You you let me know when you figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see um, a lot of success in your future, Misha. I think I, I hope so. That would be wonderful. But we'll 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 see what ha- I'll get back to you on that. All right. Uh, so you you were talking about um the chain of of like you give kindness to someone and they pass it on and it's not so linear. Um, I I, I loved what you were saying. The blackout seemed to have broken the chain of kindness, but I'm I'm all I'm all ears if you if you want to keep talking about that. Yeah. No. Like. You know, like I was giving you an example of the fact that, you know, like where people like made these calls for me or like people would like find out stuff for me um, just because, you know, I was new there and I'm pretty sure I looked really helpless. So they were also like, let's just get her out of her misery. But but I don't know, man. Like I think like for me, especially in Argentina, I received so much kindness that I will never forget it. And now it's inspired me to be a better person than I was when I went to Argentina because I haven't always been very, that level of kindness, I haven't shown that level of kindness to people before. And now I'm like, no, I have to. So I definitely feel like that's a way that I've evolved. Um, Another way that I can think of that like living outside of India has changed me has been uh, uh, with work-life balance. Like when Mm -hmm. I was in India, so I worked for a couple of years in India before I left and I was working a lot. I mean, it was also my first job. They don't really Mm -hmm. teach you about work-life balance in any class anywhere. They don't teach you about, you don't have to necessarily get your sense of self from work. You don't want to prove, let anybody down. So all of that happened. Um, But like when I went to the US and people actually logged out at five, you're like, "Hmm, what do you do after that? Because like in India, I'd work until eight. (laughs) I'm like, what? Wow. And then I was like, you can have a life after? Like, you can go exercise or just take a walk and, like, have dinner at a decent hour. Um, It also helped because, like, I didn't have, like, a crazy amount of traffic because I lived in such a small place in the U.S., but even in Argentina. Mm -hmm. 
in Argentina especially because I did work late hours whenever I wanted to or I had to but I could have a social life outside I didn't dread Sunday evenings and I'm like I never want to go back to working so much that I dread Sunday evenings so that was a that was a big realization for me about how I wanted to continue to live my life like yeah permanent change no I think both of those are very um they're very beautiful, valuable, and kind of essential realizations that often, I don't know, I think a lot of it is cultural. So I think depending upon where you grew up, maybe maybe you just have them, you know, within you from a very young age. Yeah. But I certainly um, had a similar experience of, of coming into those more living here. And I think you're right, definitely at least in, in the U.S. where I grew up, I felt the same kind of, you know, almost transactional nature of relationships whereas I do something for you so I'm expecting something back and I think that you know what you were saying about just the way that people in Argentina um, just help you out just because you know they feel moved to do it yeah I think that's almost that's just that it seems like they're just doing something nice but I think it also just makes you better prepared for life because you know in life you can't really you can't control what happens so you can't really expect what's going to come back to you 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 don't know like what the you you can work hard at something and it just won't pan out so i think you know this way do you feel that kind of you know almost learning about kindness and just you know putting this energy out there and not having any expectation has that has that you know blossomed into anything else in in the rest of your life has that you know, made you think differently, it made you go about the world differently, has it made you more at peace in some way? Um, I think I actually had like a very difficult relationship with kindness where sometimes it would make me very uncomfortable when people were kind to me because I was like, I don't, what have I done to deserve this? But then I feel like, mm-hmm. or like, why are you being kind to me? But then I realized a few things is that like, not everybody had people being kind to them, right? Or like not everybody's experience of Argentina was Mm -hmm. like my experience with Argentina. So I feel like having that sort of um, a positive, uh, you know, like you want to go to a country and then not expect it to be like your country or like the way that things Mm -hmm. happen back home, right? Like if you give that country a chance, that country um, gives you kindness. I feel like that's a big thing, no matter where we go in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know I'm not answering your question per se, but... No, uh, (laughs) but you don't... Just go where it takes you. Go where it takes you. (laughs) But but then, like, in doing that, I also began to, like, learn to accept more without the the discomfort of, Mm -hmm. I can't give you something back right away. And then I was like, you know what? I don't have to give you back Mm -hmm. something. My mom always says this, you know, like, so like, so I was traveling in Europe. I traveled in Europe for a little bit after I went back and I met these two women in France, these two Canadian women in France. One of them is, we're still in touch and she, and I'm like her Indian daughter and she's my Canadian mom. And I, I, you know, like I helped them figure out some stuff with technology because they were both in their, I think at least their 60s. And you know how like technology has evolved so much and so quickly that it's not always mm-hmm. easy, especially when you're traveling. And you know, mm-hmm. like that has given rise to like this beautiful relationship that the two of us now share. But you know, like I helped her, but like somebody else helped my parents when they were traveling and they had some trouble. You know? And when you start seeing examples like that in real life, you're like, ah, okay, you know, like. So I had to like start getting comfortable with people being kind to me because I also knew that mm-hmm. I was paying it forward to somebody else in another form. Well, that's beautiful. I, th- I, I love that. I definitely feel that in, in my life as well. I think, you know, when, when you were talking about how, um, what have I done to deserve this kindness? I think recently I've been feeling, you know, that in a lot of areas in my life. And I think I grew up with, you know, a lot of, perfectionism saying that you know if you don't do this this or this you're not worthy of this or you you don't deserve this and I, I don't know if you've had you know a similar experience in the way you grew up with people being you know very demanding of you all the time and having these expectations and you know feeling like you can't 
um, that you don't deserve something unless you, you know, d take care of all these things first or you, you meet certain expectations or requirements. Do you, do you feel that way? I think it's been interesting, especially because like I've come back and I've spent now almost a year and a half, a little bit more than a year and a half with my parents. So I've had the special opportunity to revisit my childhood actually mm -hmm. in the bedroom that I spent like a good 10 years um, and that those were my formative years as well between 10 and 20 and um, it's been interesting because one of the things I've realized is, you know, like one of my biggest things has always been never to disappoint my parents. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of those things that you were referring to, I brought it on myself without them ha ever having asked me to. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, if you do this, you will get this. But I brought it on to myself because I was like, I need to like do something to prove that I'm worthy of whatever mm -hmm. I get um, and I, I had like these conversations with my parents where I, I told them like you know one of my biggest things is that I will disappoint you and I don't want to and my mom mm -hmm. actually asked me she was like well when did we ever tell you that and I was like you actually never did I don't know when and I don't know how but like I picked it up and it became a way of life. And I know for a fact my brother has as well. Maybe it's because of the society we grew up in, right? Like, I don't know if for you specifically, if you got that from your Indian side of the family more than your American side of the family. Mm -hmm. Did you? I definitely think that I don't, I honestly am not quite sure because I definitely had like a lot more okay. Indian, um, like my, my, it's hard to say, honestly. <laughs> because... Okay, no, I mean, and maybe there is no definite answer as well, right? Like, yeah. it but, was all so mixed. And... But I, I definitely did have the same feeling. I feel like sometimes our, our parents might, you know, they don't say something specifically, but maybe they they kind of transmit that energy and make you feel that way. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I think it's, it's, it's really... I've, I've also been having this realization a lot of the time we think that the world is, you know, looking for certain things from us or kind of holding us to just yeah. certain standards or, or, you know, that, that we have to be a certain way. And then later we realize we've kind of put these limitations oh, yeah. on ourselves, you know, with, in terms of oh, yeah. the way we live our life. And it sounds like, you know, travel has helped you to kind of see, I think one of the things that that travel does has done in my experience is you think that the world is this way and then you realize it's 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 not like that and it sounds like that that happened for you in terms of some of the some of some of the way you were very demanding with yourself now you you realize you don't necessarily have to be i don't want to put words in your mouth <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i mean i think i think like i'd like to go back to our parents for a second um, I feel like one of the ways where you were like, you know, they're probably transmitting that maybe they are because they've worked so hard for everything, right? And they've like, um, and we've seen that in our childhood. So like, we also want to take a certain amount of that responsibility and be like, but like, I want us to succeed as a family. So like, I'll do my part of it. So there is that for sure. Um, and without them ever actually having said that, I mean, but I also feel like I'm one of the lucky ones where my parents didn't. I know a lot of people there whose parents did, mm -hmm. right? They grew up with their parents telling us, do not disappoint us. Um, so it is different. Yeah. Um, I was definitely not trying to like club all the Desi families together and make them seem like they demand gratitude from their children. But, um, but, but you know what I also realized is that I, um, when I travel at least, like, well, one thing I've realized is that the world is like more similar than divided, right? Mm -hmm. Like that has been one of my biggest realizations with um, being friends with people from all over the world, with living with people from a lot of countries, especially when you live with people, you realize that, right? Like it doesn't matter if you're white, it doesn't matter if you're black, brown, whatever color you are everybody at the end of the day wants to be heard everybody wants to be accepted everybody wants to belong ha no matter uh, the degree of it but that's all everybody wants mm -hmm. um and and honestly like there are more similarities 
between all of us than differences. I mean, sure, there's differences in the way we look or like our countries and our cultures, but even within our cultures, so many similarities. Um, but yeah, so that's been like a big thing. But also I realized that when I'm traveling, it's like, okay, I need to do all of these things, but really it has been coming back to India and spending time with myself that I've been able to connect those mm-hmm. dots. And now, like, I feel like I, I experienced all of these things and then I came back and I took the time to make sense of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- talk a little bit more about that because it's interesting. You're talking about you have kind of this journey home that made you understand yourself in a, in a new way and taking time to reflect. And, you know, now we're, we're all in the middle of this pandemic and we've been forced to reflect whether we, whether we like it or not. So can you... So you were in a very kind of external exploratory phase and now you're in a very internal reflective phase. Can you can you talk about that journey from external oh, to internal? Way of it. Um so I joke that I was living the lockdown life even before lockdown began. Yeah. I mean it's it's terrible that it's taken a pandemic for the world mm-hmm. to get here. Um but yeah, like since I've come back to India, like in Argentina, I was busy. My calendar was packed. Here <laughs> it's been the opposite. There hasn't been as much uh um as much happening. Um and also I found myself not wanting to. I found myself wanting to take the time out to reflect. Cause maybe because I I'd had um so much happening. Um Honestly, it's done a lot of things. It's done uh, this big thing that I... So sometime... I left Argentina in 2018, August. um, And around May 2018 is when I realized that, quote-unquote, that I needed to go back to India. Mm -hmm. Um, In a way that... So something I had done um, was in order to try and like be able to connect with people from everywhere in the world, I became a, a very less Indian um, version of myself. I, I kind of like stripped away the Indian nets and I became like a blank version that like just took on whatever I could from everyone. And then that is kind of when I was like, no, but like um, I want to be more Indian. Like I want to celebrate Ganesh Chaturthi. Maybe I won't do the puja, but like I will call my friends over for dinner because it's Ganesh's birthday and who doesn't love Ganesh, right? Like it's Everyone loves An elephant <laughs> god. Like everybody loves Ganesh. You know, like I can be Indian in my own way. Mm-hmm. There is no one way to be Indian. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing that before I came back to India and having come back, I am a lot more sure of like what my connection to India as an adult is. Because when I was younger, I was told to do the Ganesh Puja, right? Or it was the one time that my family and I would do something together and it made me feel like I was bigger. I was a part of something much bigger than me and that's why I loved it. Um, And having done it the last two years with my parents as well, it's the same feeling. And I'm like, so it's the sense of community that I want from India. It's, it's It's in the mythological stories. It's in my relatives, like my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles. Um, and I think I've definitely developed like a new relationship with India, but this has been like on my own terms and not something that I was told to do because you were born here. So that's been great. I'm able to see India for what mm-hmm. it is. Um, I'm going to digress a little bit here, but for instance, you know, with like the Black Lives Matter um, thing that's been happening everywhere in the world, right? I... Um, of course, like, uh, it is something that, like, everybody in the, across the world is taking um, note of. But it was one of the, the it was Hasan Minhaj's Patriot Act episode where he called out the Asian community. That he was like, we are inherently racist as well. Like, don't make this like a black and white thing, right? Like, how do we treat people because of the way that we've learned to self-hate ourselves to mm-hmm. an extent, right? And... That has been really interesting because I've been having those conversations with my parents. I was like, you know, like we also seem to have our own thing. And in India, especially, we have our own sense of social segregation in terms of caste, Mm -hmm. right? When I was younger, I just belonged to a certain caste. Now I come back and I'm like, huh, okay, so this 
literally has been like a way for the society to function where we have not allowed some people to come mm-hmm. up or like we have you know it's yeah. a complicated thing it's not as simple as as abc but because of things happening in the world i'm able to like re-see things because people of our generation are talking about these things um and not in a way that's very hush hush like our parents but in a way that like we need to call out our privilege if we have it um and then we need to pass the mic on so that's been also interesting to see india for mm-hmm. what it is because it's not just the place to come do yoga and find yourself what yeah like who would have thought of that who would have thought of india at that point uh, but no i i think that I think that 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 is that. um, that's beautiful, Sushan. I think that's been, I think that's that's a fairly universal experience. You know, I it's kind of just like in um, in the Wizard of Oz, where you often have to you know like go and travel and see the whole world to realize something about your home or yourself. And I think yeah. you made a great point. You know, before there was something that was imposed upon you. Maybe it was part of you, but it wasn't in a way that was you know natural or or just felt right for you and then you had to almost you know just reject it and rebel and kind of do your own thing and then you felt you kind of then found a way to kind of be just be really not necessarily ultimately i think everyone struggles with this whether it's about being indian whether it's about a caste whether it's about race sexual orientation gender whatever i think there's there's you know a natural part of finding out just the way to be the most genuine to you and and like you were said yeah. like see something for what it is it's not good or bad it just is and it's it's part of you and and not to to live with someone else's expectation upon you but also not to just hate that part of yourself to fit in so i think i think that's a very yeah. beautiful and, and natural journey that you're on and i think you know it connects to to a lot of things i think you know, with, with all your creative projects, I think that uh, you can you can't. It's hard to really you know create unless you are kind of at peace from yourself, or yeah. if it's coming oh. from you know a genuine place. You know, once you truly are you know yourself, you can create from a deeper, more genuine place. And do you feel that oh, yeah. you know you've always kind of had a project of your own? Do you feel that now that you have you know gone on this journey that you feel kind of more at one with who you are do you feel that that's Mm. allowing you to create in a different way oh yeah and also like this i think you described this so beautifully the whole process but like that process also comes with a lot of pain right like it Mm -hmm. it comes with like for instance if if you know like you were a plant like your roots have become too big for that pot right like and you need Mm -hmm. to break that pot and that's very painful growing pain so i remember like when i first came back to india growing pains quite literally sometimes they're just mental not as obviously seen outside Mm -hmm. but it's crazy because like coming back to india like was really tough especially because like a friend visited me and then i had like a few experiences um which made me question a lot of things um mm-hmm. that trip that we took together um just coming back and and like um seeing some stuff be imposed once mm-hmm. again just because that's how society is writing really really helped me so like last at the beginning of of last year or like to make sense of of, of everything and that was like a time of great reflection mm-hmm. i like i wanted to do 30 articles in 30 days which ended i ended up taking like like 90 days maybe or like a little bit more than that mm-hmm. to finish them because they became more and more self-reflective they became more and more um i i needed to start questioning things about who i am what i was doing and that project really helped me like one one of the things i wrote about was like my privilege in the in india in the mm-hmm. world as a as a human being in some senses i have very little privilege right like in the world i'm a i'm a brown woman right but like in india i have had like a certain economic background with that has given me mm-hmm. certain opportunities right so i'm quite i have a very different experience so like making like seeing myself as in both the mirrors at the same time was really tough but then it also was i think like a very very important thing for me to do 
So that way, my creative projects have really, really helped me. I feel like writing helps me figure life out. Definitely. Um, in a way that that you know, like I, like there are so many thoughts in your head, but like when you write something and you edit it and you're trying to make sense of it, you you're evolving, mm. your thoughts are evolving, and it actually becomes something that is, um, yeah, like art, man. Like I feel like. I know like how much of a bad rap, rap it has like in terms of like actually making a living out of it but people were like oh but like don't just do sports like who knows if you'll actually end up making money don't just do arts like who knows if you'll end up making mm-hmm. money unfortunately that is the world that we live in um not everybody can but a lot of people are have forever will continue to forever try and make money out of their art um But for me, it's not a way to make money. It's just a way to like express myself. Yeah. But it is I think, a very, very big part of my life. Well, I think I think what you said about well, there's so many things. It's hard. To, sometimes it's hard to know. So many revelations all the time with you, Sush. It's hard to know where to start. <laughs> um, I I, th- I really like what when you were talking about your project that like the 30 articles in 30 days and how it turned into 90 days. I think sometimes we can be very, you know, rigid with certain expectations that we have about ourselves. And we say, you know, it needs to be this way. But then I think something very beautiful is, you know, in the process of writing these articles, you realize you thought that it was about, you know, maybe accomplishing this goal. But as you're doing it, you realize, no, this is really about understanding myself. And it's not about doing something in a certain time frame. And then once you realized what this was really about, you allowed it to kind of take on a new form so that you could, you know, arrive at at a deeper place. I mean, that's kind of just like what research is. You start writing a research paper and at the beginning you think it's about this and then you learn all these things. You say, okay, I thought it was about this with the limited information I had, but then I got here and I realized it was really about this. So, yeah, I think that that it's, I think... You know, the creative process is very fluid and I think it's it's really important that you allowed yourself to, to let it flow because sometimes people sometimes people don't do that. And I think ultimately like, you can tell when something has, has been allowed to, like when you read the final thing or look at the final painting or whatever it is, you can tell if someone was trying to force something or if someone let it flow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah, you can feel the soul, right? Like of, of whatever it is that you are experiencing, reading it, seeing it, listening to it. Yeah, like when somebody's really like put in their heart and soul versus like they had to do it, they had a deadline, so they just threw something out, for sure. Yeah. And speaking of flow, so you talked about how you, um, how you like to express yourself create, creatively through writing, but you... You have, you know, a date. We live in we live in a practical world. You know, it's there are lots of challenges in the world today. So how <laughs> are you able to, you know, let continue to let your creative energy flow, continue to do things that satisfy you, but while you know navigating the practical realities of the world we live in? Because I'm sure that this is something that's on many many people's minds today. Many people's minds. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know, especially in the state of the world that we have right now. Um, I wish I could say, like, it always flows. It doesn't, though. For instance, especially since I've become a freelancer, uh, that has also been almost two years now. Um, Yeah, there was a time when, like, I had the time, but, like, right now, currently, from the last three, four months, I've been, I I have, like, I practically have, like, two full-time jobs. And I haven't been expressing myself creatively. I um, Creativity has had to take a back seat. I also didn't feel motivated enough to mm-hmm. want to do something, you know, um, because work took priority and it was important and I needed to make sure that it got done. Because also with creativity, sure, you want to have the muse, but you also want to give it time, right? Exactly mm-hmm. what we were talking about. Like, otherwise it's rushed and like you're throwing something out. And yeah, unfortunately, it's taken a backseat because we do live in the practical world. Um, but now I finally feel motivated to write again. And actually, like some of the stuff that I wrote last year, I feel like as a person, I have evolved so much mm. that like I want to revisit some of them. 
because I don't know, like for instance, I had written about arranged marriage last year mm -hmm. because, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that's what has happened in my entire family for like the longest time. And it was my um, understanding. I, I was trying to understand it. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, I was trying to understand it because I was considering whether that was something that like I wanted to go down. Mm -hmm. um, but then... I also had like had to explain it to a lot of people where I had to tell them like how it's not forced marriage where like how <coughs> I'm sorry I'm well, going to take care of yourself yes well you know sometimes in life we do need to take a pause take care of ourselves <laughs> yes that's we right. do in order that that's actually one of the things I I wanted to to highlight that you said I think you know we're talking about not forcing creativity and I think that um at least in my experience, and it sounds like what you're saying too, you know, we're not always feeling creativity. And if you try to just force yourself to write something or to paint something to just be creative when you're not feeling moved to do it, it's just not going to turn out. So sometimes, no. you know, it's about just resting. It's about just being. It's about just, you know, experiencing the world. And and then, you know, eventually we'll feel moved to, to create again or or do something else, who knows? But I think it's important to to realize, you know, it's not about being Absolutely. creative all, all the time, all day, every yeah, day. No. It's, it's letting it happen when it's, when it does, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, that is so true. Also because, for instance, the break that we take, we're still interacting with the world and we're still being curious and we're still trying mm -hmm. to like take stuff in and then it like metamorphosizes into whatever mm -hmm. the next project will be. Right. So like we're just taking a break from actively producing work, but we're still being curious and we're still learning and we're still keeping our eyes open to see like what is happening mm -hmm. in the world. Um, but it is true. And, and for that, I'm very glad that I'm not a full time artist. You know, um, I don't know. This is a question maybe we should ask somebody that is a full time artist. Like, how do you continue to be creative or like, do you allow yourself to mm -hmm. take a break once in a while? Yeah. Like you and I are in a position where we can. Yeah, that is a good point because... But I don't know if you're like a professional artist. Yeah, because I have to say, um, I'm... Yeah, neither of us are full-time artists. And when I think about it, I do feel moved to create sometime, but not all the time. So I'm just trying to... Like, if I had the financial pressure to be creative, you know, constantly, I think that that would be... That would be a challenge. If I had to, you know, write, you know, a book, like, every so often, I... Oh yeah. That, yeah. So I, I honestly, that that's going to be one of my next things. So you should interview someone who's a full time, full time creator and see and see what they do. I, but yeah, I yeah. think I think that's a a great point. But I also think you know, that's tr what you said about you know we can't always see when the creation the creativity is happening, and also there are some moments when you're just out in the world and you're kind of nourishing yourself. You're you're inspiring yourself. Yay! I see. Look at what happens when you're patient and let things happen. <laughs> I always believed. <laughs> but I think I think that this is just a beautiful example. You can't always see when everything is happening. Sometimes you you just need to you know follow what feels natural to you, and then and then. I mean, I truly believe, and in my experience, it's happened that that it will come, that it'll come back to you. But I think you know, putting an expectation—it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Putting expectations and rigidity on things in general just doesn't doesn't really help. It doesn't really work because things don't necessarily go the way the way you you have in mind at the beginning. Because also, that's you know, the limited perspective you might have. Did I lose you, Sush? I'm not sure what you heard, so I'm just going to ask you another question. <laughs> and we'll start now, there. Well, you were talking Wait, about how, okay. like, sometimes when you have to be creative, you know, like you said, you'd want to interview somebody that's a full-time creator, especially because, like, you know, one day. Ah, yes. Okay. Thank you, Sush. Keeping, <laughs> keeping, me, <laughs> keeping me on track. Yeah, I feel that sometimes, you know... Um, Oh no, I forgot it again. We were also talking oh. about like sometimes <gasps> we have <laughs> there's financial there's like the, the responsibility of producing something for financial reasons, like arts with finance. 
um, it can be really, really tough. And I like totally agree because, you know, like when like travel, people that love travel become travel influencers and then you're not going to, to places because you love them and you want to explore them. You're going them for your mm. next YouTube video or for your next Instagram photo. And uh, that can be exhausting. I can't like, no, no me fucking puedo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yes I know exactly what you mean I feel that you know a lot of the times uh, we have this idea and I think it's what you make a great point bringing up social media because you know this this production based culture that we live in and especially where we compare ourselves to everyone and we, we live in this world where we think that Instagram is real, but it's but it's not. You see, oh, look at me traveling to, well, I mean, obviously not now, but like theoretically, look at me traveling to all these places. Look at me creating all these things. I'm just doing this all the time. But what you're not seeing is, you know, what's on the other side and the person waking up and not feeling inspired, but, you know, having to do it anyway or not feeling inspired for a while and then just not doing something and then just doing it all at once. And, um... I think a lot of the times because of that, we put these expectations on ourselves that we need to, you know, be creative all the time. We need to travel all the time. We need to do activities all the time. And really, when we think about it or reflect or connect with ourselves, we, in my experience, and it sounds like what you've been telling me, you don't always feel moved to create, to do, to travel. There are times you just want to, just want to be and not just be so that later you can create more, you can do more, you can travel. Like being is its own, you know, end. And kind of what you were saying about, you know, putting kindness in the world just because that's its own end. It's kind of just like, you know, being is its own end. And if we're expecting on the other end of being that there's going to be more creating more activity, that's, you know, that's just kind of putting more anxiety there. That's not letting us, you know, be truly. Um, so, yeah, I think everything that, that you were saying, you know, this kind of connects connects to that kind of this new way of, of being, traveling, living. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, no. Like, I left social media one year and almost nine months ago now. And... Wow. I'm still alive. Like I'm okay. Yeah. I I decided like I I've had friends that like, <laughs> and I'm like I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but like you know like you go to a place once and then you post about it or for like ten days, but you post about it for the whole year afterwards. You like I get it, like that you had a great time, but and this is this is what you mentioned about being. Like, you know, like your being can also be beautiful. You don't have to be traveling and you don't have to be reminiscing about throwback, with throwback Thursday, flashback Friday, uh, flashback, flashback, flashback Friday. Um, who knows? Who, who knows? knows at this point? But um, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not a big fan of. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like, oh, I was never on social media. No, I was on social media and I played that game. But like, for instance, when I knew I was traveling, like my last post on Instagram was like the day I left Argentina because I was crying in the airport about just being so sad about leaving. Um, I'm sure. But then I realized I wasn't going to, to, to post anything about my trip and I didn't and I lived and I survived and I had all of this time to actually be present with the people I met and the people I was with. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of not putting things online, but then how do you create and not, you know, like for instance, this podcast, like mm -hmm. you have to like have like a social media thing yeah. happen. You want people to hear it. So I understand the necessity. I still am struggling with the answer, but while I'm struggling, I'm happily off of social media. Yeah. Now, how do you feel, you know, on it? I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so that's probably affecting it. But how do you feel, you know, now that you've had over a year off social media, how has that affected you? Oh, it's been wonderful to be off of social media. I know, like, I'm probably missing out on being in touch with a few people. 
But you know what? It's fine. The people I want to be in touch with, um, I am in touch with. Um, one of the reasons I decided to go off of it, it was actually, I like deleted the apps from my phone the day I was in the plane to go travel. I was, I was going with a friend to Kerala and I was like, I don't want to post about it. Um, I don't want to talk about it. I just don't want to see it. One of the reasons was also like, I'm going to be really honest. I came back to India. I was very confused about what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't want to see everybody having the best fucking day of their lives. Like, I need to concentrate on myself and not get... Because everybody knows, like you said, social media is not real. But your brain doesn't accept it as that, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's been... Because it has been such an intense time of self-reflection, trying to make sense of, you know, like trying to connect my dots backwards, realizing my patterns, and just like, it's fine. I have all that extra time to... concentrating myself and to take care of myself or to work or to do all of these different things i honestly don't miss it i am totally okay without it i would like not to go back to it but i do know like i am on linkedin though i do have to to mention um but uh i've actually gotten a bunch of jobs through linkedin as well in the last two years so i have to be on linkedin um but not on Instagram and not on Facebook and it cleared a lot of my mind space and I don't feel anxiety because everybody's life is moving on and everybody's getting married and having babies like I'm happy for you but I don't have to see it and like it and feel bad yeah I think that a lot of the times we feel that there's this thing that we need to have in our lives and if we, we if we don't do, it's it not even necessarily something that we want but something that we feel that you know without this the very fabric of our life will just come unraveling everything will come crashing down and i think you know social media like in some ways feels almost like a practical thing that we need in order to keep in touch with people but a lot of the times it's kind of just this thing that we have because we're bored for a second and want to like look at something or tell people about our lives when we don't necessarily need to and I think you know it's really nice to kind of I think this example is great because a lot of the times we just think that we we can't let something go because then our life will just fall apart and you've already you've made it to the other side it's beautiful it's relaxing it's it's okay you could you can live a life without social media yeah oh yeah hell yeah And I think it's done, it, it's been good for my mental health. Like, it's just been good not to be on it. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. I feel that um, one of the things you talked about, you know, you want to be happy for everyone, but then at the same time, you there's so much about, you know, comparing people and seeing this person has gotten married by this date and had kids by this date. And I think a lot of the times it kind of puts you in this idea of, you know, like linear time, like, like doing certain things with at by a certain age or something because you you know you see everyone starting to get married or having kids or whatever when you're on social media it's much more you know pronounced whereas if you i mean i am still on social media you know to promote this podcast and everything <laughs> but um but i i imagine that if you're not you kind of it's it's easier to not feel beholden to that timeline in the same way which really doesn't really exist it's all just kind of something that we've created based on you know these expectations i'm a 31 year old indian woman that's not married yet good <sighs> oh i support you sush like, do keep doing thanks you. misha because uh, yeah like i think like the time i was away from india practically everybody i knew got mm-hmm. married <laughs> and uh in a way i'm like it is i would have liked to attend a few of those mm-hmm. weddings because some of them were really close friends but also i'm kind of glad like i missed out on quite a few because i mean you want to be happy i sound like an absolute no. selfish asshole right like oh just because i'm not married i don't want to go to anybody's wedding and be happy for them no um But, you know, sometimes, like, you have to go to weddings just because. Mm-hmm. And uh, not a big fan of that. Not a big fan of just doing things because they need to be done. Um, mm-hmm. But, 
yeah, man, like my friends have children. And I, I like absolutely adore these children. I feel like they're the most adorable thing. Um, and it's beautiful to see my friends take on the responsibility of parenthood and of being these things. I want all of these things one day as well. Um, so I don't have that pressure from social media, but like with the friends that I, I have, they're a part of my real life. I see these things, but it, it gives me hope that it'll happen one day. I'm not waiting here. You know, there's no woe is me. When is life going to happen? When is I'm going to meet people? No, it'll happen when the right time comes. But like, it's beautiful to see people that I've known for 10 years, 15 years, take these roles on. And I'm just like, damn man, like if you can do it, I know I have hope as well. And I can do it as well. Um, and it's also just beautiful to see these guys. So there's still pressure in a way because I see these people um, and like I'm in touch with them. But it's it's also like just totally fine. Like you said, it is not a real thing, but it is a real thing, right? Like thankfully my parents have like never pushed marriage to me. Like you have to be married by this day, this age. For them, it's mm-hmm. like we've had companionship and it's beautiful and we'd like for you to have it as well. And I'm like, I would like to have it. But like, let's also not get into it because everybody is. I, I think that's great because, you know, this just connects to so many things you said. Like one thing is just kind of seeing what the world is. And it, I think what you what your parents did is they're just like, look, this is what companionship is like. And we've it's been beautiful. And this is why we enjoy it, but they're not forcing something on you. And I think, you know, that also goes back to what you were saying about like this sense of obligation versus the sense of, you know, what's coming from you genuinely. And it sounds like, you know, you do want these things, but you don't want them forced on you in a way that's unnatural. And, you know, Sush, in, in my experience, you know, living with you as a roommate and you, you know, helping me navigate this new and, you know, unfamiliar country. I think that I know that you are going to be an amazing mother. And I think that it it will just, it'll just happen naturally and organically in a way that is not forced on you by society. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, but by the way, so another thing that's happened with like living Mm -hmm. with my parents is that I see in marriage in front of me every day, right? Like, because, for instance, Instagram mm-hmm. is like, ah, oh, like, the love of my life, the beauty that is my partner, da-da-da. But, like, here, I see mm-hmm. them fight. And I see them, like, not like each other. And I see them, like, mm-hmm. just be frustrated with each other. And it's also nice to see something that is real. Like, sure. But I also see, like, the mm-hmm. little things that they'll do for each other. Or, like... You know, like, it's also nice to see that, like, it's going to be a lot of good and a lot of, like, frustrating things because then you have realistic expectations of what, like, a a long-term partnership will be like. Imagine spending 40, 50, 60 years with somebody. You're going to want to, like, totally kill them at some point. And it's fine. Instagram doesn't tell you that. Yeah. No. No, I think that that is so important. Um, You know, like love, creativity, traveling, all of these things, you know, it's not the Instagram Disney version, you know, there are difficult things, you will get into a fight with your partner, you will have days where you feel like you can't create anything, you will show up at a place and they won't have your room and you'll get to the city and it'll be raining all day and you know, that's just, you need to adapt to life because if you don't, well, that's just, that's just the end of that. and. <laughs> So, you will be a- having a podcast and the power will go off and internet's going to suck and you just continue we, to live. We actually planned the power outage just to make that point. It was all it was all on purpose, all part of our yeah. I know. Part of yes. This is yes. this has been a very dramatic representation of all of our life is uncertain. It, yes, like look at this oh, so timely. We have you know this this <laughs> pandemic and every we we did not. We do not plan the pandemic just. No. <laughs> oh no. my god. Yeah. I mean, we Can you imagine? We didn't create. We didn't create this. No. But I. Yeah. The uncertainties of life. Um. Well, Sush, I have had a wonderful, wonderful time talking with you. I feel like it's been so long, but I also feel like it's been no time at all. It just feels so, so effortless and natural. Um, 
thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, and uh, maybe maybe I'll come on on the other podcast in Spanish sometime soon. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. If we only speak in present tense and if we only have to speak about a few things, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll give you, I'll give you a, like a list of the the talking points before. So you I know, can right? I could be like, okay, vamos. We'll prepare and then then we'll like throw a blackout in in the middle so that we we can adapt to the craziness. <laughs> Every time I feel like this is an uncomfortable thing to talk about, power comes. <laughs> yes. Oh, well. Uh, do, is is there any last nuggets nugget of wisdom that you want to impart before before? You go to bed and I go out into, you know, the world. my living room. <laughs> <laughs> into your living room. I know. Like, that's become our world now, hasn't it? Oh. Yeah. Advice. Um, I don't know if I have, like, advice for the world, but I think the one thing I've learned is, is things will happen when they have to happen. The important thing is we show up for ourselves. And sometimes life will take the lead on things, but like we kind of have to pull back and be like, no, life, I've got this. Like, I'll take the lead. It's fine. This is something that I've only recently started redoing because like the last few months, life kind of did its thing. And I'm like, uh-uh, need to pull it back. So yeah, like just show up for yourself and, and then life shows up for you. I love that. I agree. We, we are more, we're more capable than we think. We don't need to control everything. We can adapt to the chaos and... And we'll be fine, and it will be it'll be beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Sush, and um, and I'll see you. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you for having me, Misha. It's crazy because like I'm so excited, and I wanted to say this at the beginning, but like I'm so excited you're doing this. I can't wait to see all the people you're going to be talking to. I can't wait for the world to see like your energy and what you bring into the world. Um. I'm just so excited you're doing this and I'm so excited that you wanted me to be a part of this. I feel very honored. Thank you so much. No, oh, thank you, Sush. That that just warms my heart. And I have to say, I'm excited for for your upcoming podcast whenever ah. whenever it comes out <laughs> and for the world to to discover you and your your beautiful energy as well. So I have to get back so to much. social media. If there is a way I can do that without getting on social media, I will do that. You know, we'll we'll just like send the energy out into the world and then people will just find out about it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Like that's the new thing Elon Musk needs to discover. It's well, it's before Elon. I mean, in India we have all this <laughs> spirituality. We don't need who needs Elon Musk. <laughs> he just put a chip in a pig, and that's what he unveiled to the world. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you're right. Well, <laughs> It does happen. You're like what? technology, creativity, spirituality. And I mean, he also like just like privately sent some people to the space. So like, yeah, that man could do a lot. But so can we? Yes, we can. Because we, we got this. this. We got this. Yes, we can. Well, I hope I hope we talk soon, and um, I hope to be on on your podcast next. <laughs> yes. Well, take care soon. Whenever that happens. Yes. <laughs> well, talk soon, Sush. All right. Bye, we just spoke with Sushmita Banda. Sushmita, as as I've, I'm biased, but I think all of our guests have so many wonderful, beautiful, meaningful things to share. Um, but as always, there are so many different things that I, I just wanted to pull out a few things um, to highlight. And one of them, as is the title of the episode, is the cycle of empathy. Depending upon what society you come from, you grew up in, um, that shapes kind of the way you view the world and, and go about your day to day, you might have different ideas about kind of the way interactions with different people um, need to be or, or, or are. Um, I'm from the U.S., and I do remember, as I kind of pointed out in the episode, a certain transactional nature to relationships and interactions, um, where you're always thinking of how the other person can be useful to you and how you can be useful to the other person. 
And I definitely remember growing up feeling a need to be useful to society and also to all the people I interacted with. Um, And as Sush pointed out, in her experiences traveling, she was struck by the kindness of the people around her who felt moved to help her, not because she could be, quote, useful to them in some way, but simply because it was kind of the right thing to do. And I think this really does come from kind of different ways societies nurture people and different values that they instill. Um, But as, as happens when you travel, a lot of the times you realize how maybe the way you grew up and the kind of values that you have um, been indoctrinated to believe are actually fairly arbitrary. Um, So throughout her time traveling, she realized that this kindness, um, that there is no necessary reason for them to to want to be kind and helpful um, and generous with her other than that they just felt moved to do so. And through that, she felt that she wanted to live her life in that way. In my own personal experience, um, ironically, by having an open heart and just being open to what um, what the universe might bring to you and also just having a good nature and wanting to help other people, ironically, um, that lack of focus on utility, I've found, is what truly brings abundance into my own life. Um, ironically, I find that when I'm so focused on what I can get out of a certain situation or a certain interaction, that really um, is kind of a, a very abundant scarce. You really have a mindset of scarcity. Um, so actually, when you just go in um, with an open heart, um, a generous heart, wanting to be kind and help, and I don't want to say helpful, that's kind of like what we're actually trying to escape the, the mindset of being helpful. But the idea of, of really wanting to be kind of true and pure with your intentions and um, loving and empathetic in the world, that ultimately is what brings more abundance to your own life. Um, so I, I really enjoyed hearing about Susha's travels, Susha's time living abroad, um, and how that helped her um, become a more um, true-hearted and empathetic person. I hope you also enjoyed the episode. I hope you um, found it meaningful. I hope you learned from it. Um, And again, I'll be back in another two weeks with another episode of Dream Awakening with Misha Chakrabarty. Take good care. Bye.